Hello and welcome to episode 391 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Christmas Eve, December the 24th, 2022, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ, continuing to check out the writings and talks of the late, great Brazilian theologian and Fatima expert, Plinio Correa de Oliveira, Professor Plinio Correa de Oliveira. This is entitled Actuality of the Message of Fatima, 75 years later. And of course, now we're 105 years later. This is from Diario Las Americas, Miami, May 14, 1992. The Message of Fatima. Three quarters of a century after the famous apparitions of Our Lady in Portugal in 1917, erupts in our days with renewed relevance to the point of appearing just now, September 27, 1991, as the object of extensive material of front page of the Wall Street Journal, one of the most widely circulated newspapers in the world. This section is entitled Impressive Concomitants, excuse me, Impressive Concomitants of Two Facts That Mark the Century. What gave the Fatima revelations such surprising vitality? A nation that today occupies a central place on the world political scene is deeply concerned. That is Russia. The concomitance of two facts immediately draws attention. The revelations of Fatima and the Russian Revolution, which both took place during the course of the same year, 1917. Communism seized power in Russia exactly 25 days after the last apparition of Our Lady in Fatima. A message transmitted to the three seers, the Little Shepherds, Lucia, Francisco, and Jacinta, and which remained secret until 1942, pointed to Russia's mistakes as the central focus of serious disturbances that really came to shake the whole world during most of this century. Finally, in the same message, the conversion of that nation was foreseen. In these conditions, the spectacular fall of the Berlin Wall and the Iron Curtain on November 9, 1989, with the political upheavals, that proceeded and followed it in Eastern European countries could not fail to be associated with what was predicted in Fatima. Wouldn't such events be signs that Our Lady was fulfilling her promises? The aforementioned article from the Wall Street Journal focuses precisely on this issue. It is not possible within the narrow limits of a commemorative article to deal exhaustively with this fundamental point of the current international political situation. It is nevertheless necessary to do so, at least in a summary way, when celebrating a date as significant as the passing of three quarters of a century of the most famous Marian apparitions, perhaps in the entire history of the church. The next section is increpation to the world, threat of punishment, promise of peace. What does an average reader who devotes serious enough attention to it extract from this message? A reader in such conditions retains from the message the supremely serious fact that Our Lady accuses the world of certain faults and threatens it with certain punishments if her requests are not granted. The conditional character of the Fatima promises is thus perfectly configured. That is, Our Lady leaves an open way for humanity to escape the imminent chastisement through the amendment of life. In this sense, it also emphasizes the expiatory character of the request made by Our Lady, the communion of reparation of the first Saturdays of five consecutive months, and the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. 
If such requests were granted, Russia would convert. She would abandon her errors, and this fundamental factor of disturbance in the world would cease to operate. The world would again enjoy peace, the peace of Christ in the kingdom of Mary. The moral crisis in the West only deepened is the next section. Question, have the faults, the sins ceased? Was the atonement made? Was the consecration of Russia carried out in the exact terms established by Our Lady? Answer, to go first of all to the most obvious, the moral crisis in the West from 1917 until now has only rapidly increased. Fashions degraded, approaching nudism, more and more generalized. The astonishing instability of marriage, houses of prostitution that shamelessly flaunt themselves with illuminated advertisements in easily accessible places. The acceptance of homosexuality as a normal fact. The number of apostasies in the clergy and in the ranks of religious orders of both sexes for reasons that have a lot to do with the disrespect of the vow of chastity, the co-education of boys and girls, sex education in schools, all the artifices for reducing the birth rate are so many symptoms of the degeneration that affects ever wider sectors of societies in the Western world. The atheistic sect of communism sought to build a godless society. This is the next section. As for the countries of the East, dominated by the atheistic sect of communism, a society was built in which the idea of God was completely banished. From the top of the state to the smallest details of each individual's life, everything was organized in reverse of what the natural law codified in the Ten Commandments of the Law of God postulates. Communist legislation abolished private property, instituted the most complete egalitarianism, and practically extinguished the family transforming marriage into a mere public record, which petty legal formalities can alter at the whim of the couple who episodically joined. Morality reform, the great forgotten, is the next section. Thus, among so many reforms that the whole world talks about as necessary, whether in the West or in the East, no one pleads for the solution of what offended Our Lady the most. That is the reform of morality, both private and public, by restoring the institute of the family, reinvigorating the indissolubility and sacredness of marriage, the authority of parents over their children, their subtraction from the abusive interference of the state, which officially is at least layman, if not directly atheist, etc., etc. And if I can point out here a couple of things, talking about immorality, Professor Plinio was writing in 1992. The modern iteration of the iter of the internet came around 1991. I personally don't really remember the internet having any bearing on my life until the mid 90s. My family didn't get a, a a computer with an internet connection until 1997. We think about all the terrible things that have been done with the internet, especially um, internet pornography. That Professor Plinio could not have foreseen. And we think about the relentless attacks on marriage, no-fault divorce laws, people being quote-unquote married a second or a third or a fourth time when in actuality they're committing adultery, couples living in sin, carrying on in fornication, and the direct attack of so-called same-sex marriage, which is not marriage whatsoever, 
Marriage, of course, is inherently heterosexual, ordered towards the conceiving, bearing, and upbringing of children. And on it goes. Blessed Mother warned and was most offended about immorality. So once again, before there can be any sort of political, economic, or military change in the world, that, that's not going to be brought about unless there's a change in souls, a change in hearts. Mass conversion to the Catholic faith, mass reversion of those who have gone away from the faith returning and living virtuous lives. We need many more people in our society doing good and avoiding evil, not calling evil good, living dissolute lives. That's why there's so much anxiety and depression in the world. People aren't living good lives. As Dr. Ralph Martin says, sin never helps. The reason why there are so many anxious and depressed people is because people are living sinful lifestyles and it makes us miserable. St. Augustine says, our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in thee. Only our Lord Jesus Christ can satisfy our inner, longing, our inner longings. No amount of wealth, pleasure, power, or fame is going to do that. Those are all lies from hell. The next section is, Our Lady's requests were not answered in a fundamental point. Therefore, without even entering into the disputed question of whether the successive consecrations of the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary made by the pontiffs fulfilled the conditions established by Our Lady for the conversion of Russia, a nation that should deserve special mention in the consecration formula, any affirmation in the sense that the promises of Fatima are being fulfilled would require the greatest circumspection since on the part of men, there was no correspondence to Our Lady's request in a fundamental point of these, which is the amendment of life. And if I can add, Our Lady, of course, asked specifically for Russia to be consecrated, not the world and any other or any other country. The next section is perestroika from hopes, excuse me, from hope to thorns. Nevertheless, it is a fact that the Gorbachevian promise to introduce perestroika in Russia produced inside and outside that country perhaps one of the greatest geopolitical earthquakes in history. Nations held under the iron grip of Soviet communism, which did not see the slightest hope of liberation, suddenly threw off this yoke and took their fate in their own hands. Germany, torn apart from top to bottom, was unified. How can we not see such encouraging transformations with a hopeful spirit? After, however, the first moments of optimism, the eyes of realistic observers began to discern thorns on the stems of roses. Seventy years of communism in Russia and nearly half a century in satellite or annexed nations have produced devastation in institutions and an apathy in populations that show no signs of a quick recovery. On the contrary, analysts and the world media began to focus more and more frequently on the very serious problem of migrations, speaking of tens of millions, of hungry people from these nations in search of survival conditions in the West. The peoples of Western nations frown at the prospect of this new barbarian invasion, which, if it reaches the predicted proportions, will in turn produce unimaginable devastation. In addition to economic depletion, the imposition of such different ethnic groups will cause these nations to lose their identity with themselves. The West, which barely resisted the doctrinal preaching of communism, would thus see itself shattered by an apparently a ideological operation. 
At this point, a question inevitably arises. When Gorbachev ordered the fall of the Iron Curtain, wasn't this exactly the effect he had in mind? It is understandable that many Europeans began to miss the Iron Curtain, until then seen as a wall of horror, and which now turns out to have been a protective barrier. The next section is retraction or metamorphosis of communism. The sharpest minds have always looked suspiciously at perestroika, fearing that it contains a cunning move of communism. Today, public opinion in the West is slowly realizing that the real purposes of perestroika, they were actually obscure. Perhaps the day is not far off when the debatable authenticity of the retraction of communism reveals that this was nothing but a metamorphosis and that from the decomposed larva, the quote, beautiful butterfly of self-management flies. Self-management is what all theoreticians and top leaders of communism from Marx and Engels to Gorbachev have always presented it as the extreme and complete version of communism, its quintessence. In the preamble of the Soviet constitution, this was clearly stated. Communism, apparently overthrown, would thus have spread throughout the world. At this point, yes, the prophecies of Fatima will be confirmed, which warn if men do not amend themselves, Russia will spread its errors throughout the world. And I can add at this point, well, what have we seen on the planet for the last two and a half, close to three years? Is it not global communism or whatever you want to call it? Some sort of global form of totalitarianism, at least? Maybe crony capitalism, capitalism for those at the, in the upper echelon of society, the, the billionaires, multimillionaires, and their henchmen in the realm of politics, and those folks desiring everyone else to be a, a good little communist, just shut up and wear your mask, take your shots, do what you're told, don't question the powers that be. The West became a godless society a long time ago. Didn't need any help in that regard from the Soviet Union. Abortion has been legal in the country I'm located in, the United States of America, since 1973. Birth control before that, the Griswold versus Connecticut case in 1965. It is still my contention that contraception is the fundamental issue was the fundamental issue of the 20th century and continues to be in the 21st. Because accepting the intrinsic evil of contraception, which is a, a mortal sin in and of itself, necessarily means an acceptance of no-fault divorce laws, of homosexuality, of abortion, of all these other horrendous evils. Until we get back to what the Catholic Church teaches, summed up beautifully by Mr. John F. Kipley, the founder of both Natural Family Planning International and the Couple to Couple League, along with his wife, Sheila, the covenant theology of sexuality, that is, sexual intercourse is intended by God to be at least implicitly a renewal of the marriage covenant. Until we get back to that, society cannot progress. It won't be through electing Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or anyone else as president of the United States or any other political leader that society will progress. Donald Trump is a huge proponent of the log cabin Republicans. These are homosexuals who think there's nothing wrong with the immoral lifestyle that they're living. And Donald Trump doesn't think anything is wrong with that either. 
Donald Trump is not your savior. Our Lord Jesus Christ is your savior. No other politician, no other human being on earth is your savior. There is one savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And unless and, and people repent and believe in the gospel and come to our Lord Jesus seeking the forgiveness that only he can give through his duly appointed ministers and the one holy Catholic and apostolic church through the sacrament of confession, we can't have any progress in society. We can only have progress through the moral order and the amendment of life. That's what the Blessed Mother was asking for at Fatima and continues to ask us to do. To go to Jesus through her, she's always leading us to her son. Remember the wedding feast at Cana. Do whatever he tells you. She's saying that to you. She's saying that to me right now. Do whatever Jesus tells you. Jesus wants you to be Catholic. Jesus wants you to go to confession. Jesus wants you to pray the rosary every day. Jesus wants you to go to mass. Just do it, as the old Nike slogan was. This last segment. Lucidity, vigilance, and courage. It is, therefore, of great importance to interpret the message of Fatima in an authentic way so that spirits remain lucid, vigilant, and courageous in the face of extraordinary events that may arise, throwing humanity into perplexity and distress. For those who have faith, the words of Our Lady at Fatima will always resound in their ears. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. So ends the article. And let us conclude, my friends, by mentioning, as we always do here on the Our Lady of Fatima podcast, Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, HALO, located at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. And please tune in if you haven't already done so to episode 277 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I interviewed my sister and one of my nieces about RPM. What is that? That is rapid prompting method, a method of communication for non-speakers. I have a niece who's afflicted with non-speaking autism. Before RPM, my sister didn't even know my niece's favorite color. Now we know that she's brilliant at math. She's a wonderful composer. She's a comprehensive genius. She has thoughts on all manner of things. Would not have known that without RPM. So let's get the message out there. This has helped thousands of families. We hope and pray it'll help thousands more because communication is a human right. Let us pray for help and for healing for our non-speaking friends and family members. Almighty and eternal God, healer of those who trust in you, through the intercession of St. Raphael, Archangel, hear my prayer for non-speakers and their families. In your tender mercy, restore them to spiritual and bodily health that they may give you thanks, praise your name, and proclaim your wondrous love to all. I ask this through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. Act of Consecration to St. Joseph by St. Bernardine of Siena. O my beloved St. Joseph, adopt me as thy child. Take charge of my salvation. Watch over me day and night. Preserve me from the occasions of sin. Obtain for me purity of body. Through thy intercession with Jesus, grant me a spirit of sacrifice, humility, self-denial, burning love for Jesus and the blessed sacrament, and a sweet and tender love for Mary, my mother. St. Joseph, be with me living, be with me dying, and obtain for me a favorable judgment from Jesus, my merciful Savior. Amen. Sweetheart of Mary, be the salvation of Russia, 
Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States of America, Canada, and the whole world. The three Hail Marys in honor of the Immaculate Purity of Our Lady of Fatima. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tua mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tu Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tuum mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et honor mortis nostrae. Amen. And a Gloria Patri for a special intention. Gloria Patri, et Filio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicuderat in principio, et nunc, et semper, et in secula seculorum. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Osef, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. Sancta Raphael, Archangeli, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris, et Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to episode 391 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Our Twitter handle is at Fatima Podcast. All the shows are archived there. You can also listen via Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, CastBox, Podbean, wherever you listen to your programs. Most especially, please offer up prayers and sacrifices for the eternal salvation of our Catholic bishops. They need your prayers and sacrifices a great deal. Goodbye and God love you.